Welcome to Narrative Responsibility, a podcast about examining the meta story of your life, how well it is serving you, and how to change it for the better. I'm Elena Wolf, relationship coach and life alignment mentor, and this is this week's new perspective. Hi there! I'm so glad you're here today. This is episode 18. Perspective shifts. All right, so this topic is a request from one of my Patreon subscribers. Getting to suggest topics or ask questions is a perk for the $5 and up tiers. Also, I want to give a very special thank you to everyone who's already signed up for my community. It really, it means so much to me, and I hope that we can really build together some cool conversations and camaraderie and support. So I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody who is going to be in my OG adventure party. And if you're not like able to do that right now for any reason, you can always support this podcast, support my work by sharing episodes on your social media or like to specific people in your life that you think might benefit. You can leave a rating and review, yada, yada. All right. So the specific topic requested was about perspective shifts, which kind of came up last week um, in the topic of not believing in shoulds, but rather taking reality for what it is. And this was actually a huge perspective shift for this particular listener, who's also a friend. So we were able to have some in-depth conversations about this. And really part of what they were wondering is how can you have more perspective shifts? They seem like an uncontrollable phenomenon, like lightning in a bottle. Is there any way to increase the chances for a positive shift? I think that's a really awesome topic to talk about and something I'm excited about because basically one of my favorite things to do in the whole wide world is to drop some new information on someone and watch them absorb it and then say, wow, I've never thought of it like that before. And I don't know, that's just, it's what I'm here for. It's what my brain was designed to do. So I love it. I can't get enough. And that's kind of like the whole point of this podcast. So let's talk about it a little bit more, right? (laughs) I will start by defining the term perspective shift a bit more precisely and then talk about why this phenomenon is so powerful for our growth, and then wrap up with some thoughts on how to optimize for these perspective shifts. So first of all, what's being meant by perspective shift? Well, this is more than just, I got some new information or I learned a new skill. A more accurate, if also more pretentious term would probably be paradigm shift. Because this sort of new perspective is not just looking through a new lens on the world or looking at another angle to kind of help you round out the picture of what you're looking at. It's really a new way of looking at yourself or the world that shatters your old way of looking at yourself or the world. In other words, it's a truth that cannot be unseen. It is an insight or a realization that cannot be unknown or forgotten. It's a shift to your understanding of life, the universe, and everything where you can point to a before and an after, and that distinction 
really kind of means something. Like you genuinely don't feel the same way after you've had a perspective shift. You don't make decisions the same way. You don't see the world in the same way. The shift colors how you see the world, not just this one narrow aspect of it. A perspective shift is also uh, distinct from an ego death because it is not necessarily painful and doesn't always relate to your sense of personal identity. So it's kind of in the neighborhood of an ego death in terms of the scope, but it's not necessarily about you so much as the world around you and your relationship to that world. Uh, Side quest, I don't think I've talked about ego deaths a lot. So, (laughs) So let me just cover that term really quickly too, in case it's new to you. Basically, an ego death is where you lose a big identity piece and you kind of feel lost and like you don't know who you are for a while afterward. They can be really painful, especially if you have been resisting changes or if an ego death is forcing you to look at truths about yourself that you have been resisting and not wanting to see. And that type of change is called an ego death specifically because it is the end of one version of you, like one identity version. And our inner defenses, our egoic structure can resist that kind of change as if it were an actual death. So yeah, uh, that's in a nutshell what ego death as a term refers to. And I think it's clear why I'm kind of differentiating a paradigm shift or perspective shift from ego death. Because while there are ripple effects that hit more subjects and areas of life than the one the shift was directly about, it's not necessarily in a bad, painful ripping away of something <laughs> that you valued or were trying to hold on to kind of way. So let me give you an example from my personal life about a big perspective shift that I had that was life-changing. And that was learning about the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs type instrument, and or Jungian personality types, which they're related. It's kind of not exactly the same thing, but close enough that we can use them interchangeably today. So I had spent my whole life being told that I was weird and scary smart and kind of like, wow, you're crazy analytical. And, you know, I could extrapolate things from patterns that I saw and somehow that felt wrong to other people that I could make such accurate guesses or predictions based on what to them seemed like not enough evidence or not enough experience maybe. And the messaging was not always negative. Like sometimes it was overtly complimentary, like, wow, you're so smart or that's amazing. You know, I've never met anyone who thinks like you before. And it still made me feel like there was something off or wrong or weird about me. Like maybe I wasn't really human. I wasn't normal. Certainly I was not what other people expected and probably not what other people wanted. And that was a really painful narrative to have about myself, a painful lens with which to look at myself and my relationship to the world and other people. And I carried that lens for 30 years (laughs) Uh, when I truly understood type, which was maybe like 10, 12 years after I was introduced to it. All of that changed 
because the type framework on a deeper level rather than the the very kind of superficial one paragraph profiles level gave me language to explain how I was showing up and it gave me examples of other people who were like me and it gave me proof that I fit well within the bounds of the expected human trait spectrum. I was just sitting at a statistically rare edge. And that was a huge perspective shift for me. It was so powerful because it told me I was normal. And that just laid to rest a whole bunch of fears and self-judgments. Like it literally took my whole I'm broken narrative away from me. And this was not a bad thing. I was happy to lose it. It gave me permission to stop trying to operate as another personality type and operate as my type. I could work more effectively. I could find flow. I could find more joy. I could embrace my actual needs instead of basically working against all of those things because I was trying to show up in a way that was normal to my old narrative, basically normal to another type than my own. And it gave me a way to explain myself to other people that they could actually understand. So I could rest into what I am for the first time. Oh, like I'm not an alien. I'm just an INTJ. Huge perspective shift for me when I found type. And I think that illustrates what I mean by perspective shift being more than just knowledge or just skill development or, you know, a growth in one area. It's a change to how you see the world and it forces a whole bunch of other narratives to shift with it. Often, our narratives are either linked to other narratives or they're built on top of other narratives. And if you remove one that's either, you know, an integral part of that belief structure whether it's a foundation or if they're just all sort of supporting each other and if you pull one out like a house of cards the whole thing falls down then you know it's not just the one change it's a whole bunch of changes so in this case you know that narrative i had that i was outside the bounds of normal therefore i had something wrong about me and something about myself that i needed to fix in order to gain the benefits of being normal Take away that too narrow definition of normal, and suddenly there wasn't anything wrong with me and nothing that I needed to change about myself other than maybe some actions I was taking. So the beliefs about how I needed to show up at work and in relationships, like those collapsed because the foundation they were built on, which was that too narrow definition of normal, had been removed. Perspective shift. Total paradigm shift. Before type, after type. Literally, it gave me a whole new reality to work with. So that is the what. What we mean when we say perspective shift. Now, let's get into why perspective shifts are so helpful. Often the reasons that we are looking to make a change in our life is because we don't feel fully satisfied or fully engaged by the life that we're living. One of the reasons we struggle to be fully engaged with life is that something is out of alignment, but we either can't quite see what it is or we can't see how to resolve it. In either of those cases, that means we can't act to support ourselves to solve the problem. And so we have to settle for 
coping with our feelings of discomfort and discontent about the problem. And that's pretty disheartening. Human beings have a very native drive to act on our own behalf and to solve problems, to get our needs met. Not feeling able to take action on our own behalf is a major cause of behaviors that are ultimately self-destructive. This is things like dissociation from our bodies and our emotions, addictions, avoidance or withdrawal patterns, procrastination, collapses, depressions, anxiety, overscheduling, being overly controlling, that kind of thing. Those are all strategies for coping with something not being right that we want to change but can't figure out how to change or think that we cannot change. So if we're stuck in a way of seeing the problem or the world or ourself that doesn't allow us to act, like if we have a belief that's kind of shaping our non-action, then we have to change that belief in order to get into action, right? So perspective shifts are powerful and helpful because they break us out of being stuck. When you can see the problem in a new way, you can often see a solution. When you can see yourself with more clarity, you can often see a new path for yourself to take, you know, a new action, a new direction. Perspective shifts shatter the perceptual filter that was keeping us from being able to act in support of our needs. They bring a sense of relief and hope that had been absent. They make us feel capable of making a change and empowered to do so. That is powerful stuff. That brings a tremendous emotional shift alongside the belief shift. So it's not just that we're shifting the information in our minds, we're also shifting our emotional relationship to ourself and the world as a result of shifting that information. And that's the why. Okay. So what about the how? How do we get more of these perspective shifts? <laughs> the simple but not easy answer is seeking out new input and information and or engaging in introspection. We'll talk about in introspection first. It's a little simpler. Basically, if you are engaging in the right kind of introspection, you're asking yourself why you do the things you do, why you feel the way you feel, why you believe what it is that you believe. And sometimes with introspection, we got to back it up because you can't go straight to the why if you don't have a good handle on the what. What do you actually do? What do you actually feel? What do you actually believe? So yeah, you have to introspect enough to establish a pretty clear sense of what is, like what is inside of you, what is going on in your heart and your mind and your body in order to investigate why it is that way, why those conditions exist, where they came from. Introspection can look like journaling. It can look like having a daily goodness practice. It can look like taking walks and reflecting on the events of the day, you know, with these questions in mind. It can look like thinking through, writing through, talking through the story of your life. Where have you been and how did you get to where you are? Like, what's the, 
what what's the tapestry that all the threads of your life create what picture is that that they are all woven together to create maybe it's talking about these things with safe and trusted people whether that's a friend a partner a sibling coach a therapist a support group sometimes we do our best introspective work on our own and sometimes we do it in the space between us and a safe other person that's kind of just it depends on your personality it depends on what it is you're trying to resolve and how clearly you know your current psyche will allow you to see certain situations so what about the new input that we're trying to pull in in order to sort of catalyze uh, changes in how we see the world the new input we need to be seeking is not just taking in new information because new facts that support our current perspective are only going to reinforce our current perspective. And it may be that our current perspective in the zone of those facts is actually a pretty good representation of reality and we don't need to update it. So, you know, the reinforcing is not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it's like, yeah, no, you're tracking reality. You're good. But other times, you know, it can be supporting a cognitive bias where we really want to believe something and our brain kind of focuses on the information that reinforces it and filters out or rejects or invalidates any information that might contradict it. This is kind of like the social media echo chamber effect where, you know, if you have a certain stance and you only engage in spaces where everybody has that same stance, you just see it repeated and you come to believe that everybody in the world has that because you see it so often in the spaces that you have chosen that deliberately reinforce that stance or belief. So just kind of passively taking in information leaves us at the mercy of what our current belief filters are. And taking in information that might be new, but is basically just an expansion pack on what we already know is also not likely to trigger a new perspective. You have to be actively working at staying open to being wrong or to having your mind changed. And this can take work, especially in an age of misinformation like we live in. (laughs) You have to fight both your own biases and the cultural forces that are trying to persuade you to follow their beliefs and to just kind of follow their misinformation or narrowed information. It may not always be wrong so much as just giving you an incomplete picture. Critically examining information for accuracy and for context And then comparing your own internal beliefs against that new information takes work. Like that's cognitive labor. And seeking to learn about subjects or skills you don't have or to really deepen prior learning, that takes energy. That takes cognitive labor. Because if we're really locking new information in, like this is regardless of if it triggers a perspective shift. It's just kind of the process of actually learning information to retain it. Like that requires us to form neural connections to this new data point and then reinforce them and or make enough other connections to other pieces of data to make it permanent. Otherwise, we can take in lots of new data, lots of new information, and it just sort of gets dumped with our short term storage uh, because we didn't actively try to integrate it and lock it in. 
All right. So all those caveats about how to learn and how to vet information and the fact that this is going to take like mental labor to do aside, what kinds of new information should you actually be looking for to increase your odds of a perspective shift? Honestly, it is novel information. That means either information that is new to everybody, like it's, you know, on the cutting edge of research or somebody's new book that comes out that kind of redefines a subject or explains something in a new way that nobody's seen before, or it's new to you because you have not studied that subject either at all or maybe in any depth. One of, I think, the quickest ways to trigger a perspective shift is to do cross-contextual comparisons, basically to look at and engage pretty deeply with a new subject and then compare the processes and information in that subject to a subject you already know. Often you're going to find surprising insights, connections, solutions. Here's a small example. This is not a perspective shift, really, it's more just the novel insights that can come when you are doing two different subjects side by side and kind of giving that comparison. I am a cosplayer, and one of the things that sometimes you have to be able to do to have an effective, cool cosplay is makeup. And despite being female and raised in the South, I really did not get a lot of training in how to do the makeup. So I used to struggle a lot with specifically eye makeup. And that's because I didn't really understand what the goal was in the sense of the principles behind it. I was just looking at the specific outcomes and not really knowing how to get there. One day I was painting and it was a picture of a face and I realized that <laughs> Actually, all makeup is trying to do is use the same shadowing and highlighting effects that you use in visual art to make a flat picture look three-dimensional. And it was not, in fact, a different process from what I already knew how to do. It was just different tools. And like, this was a huge game changer for me. I mean, I think I 10xed my makeup skills just with that insight and Again, it was because I could stop focusing on the specific products and instead look at the principle and how to apply it. So again, it's a small example, but I think it can give you the right idea of how working with two different contexts in mind can provide insight and give you an idea or a solution that you wouldn't have found if you were only looking at one. And so if you're trying to give yourself paradigm shifts to find this whole new way of looking at the world that's going to be powerful and emotionally affecting, what you're looking for is good information, information that you can trust, information that is new to you, and information that you are actively engaging with. I want to emphasize the part about active engagement with the new ideas, because Remember, the other side of a perspective shift is that it comes with a lot of emotion behind it. And if you aren't really engaging with the new information, then you're not going to feel a whole lot about it. Like if you're just kind of taking it in, absorbing it quickly, trying to move on as, you know, to the next new thing and the next new thing and the next new thing, like how are you supposed to feel when your brain is excited about something or resistant maybe to an idea 
How do you feel if you're getting a sense of relief or hope or inspiration or anything else about a piece of information if you're not taking the time to engage with it in a real way, in a, in a meaningful way? So to sum up, if you want to have big shifts, you have to stay open, get curious, deliberately engage with new learning, and introspect about what you do and what you feel and why. Again, simple, but not easy. Because life is full of distractions, and the mental energy for learning isn't always there. And sometimes the very information that we need to trigger that perspective shift is going to directly challenge our current ego. You can't ever really guarantee a perspective shift, but you can optimize your chances of finding one. So that's it for this week. What are you wanting to shift right now? Can you identify any place that you're stuck? What's going to be your first step for inviting in a new perspective? Come over to my Patreon and let's talk about it. You can find me patreon.com slash narrative responsibility. Or if you want to know more about my work with coaching, you can check out thepatternbreaker.com. You can follow me on Instagram at thepatternbreaker. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with me. And until next week, what part of your story are you going to take responsibility for? 